This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. This morning's scripture from the book of Acts we read as the Apostle Paul recounts some of his story to King Agrippa. The Jewish people all know the way that I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee, and now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that we, that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's pr- people in prison. And when they had put, and when they had were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from synagogue, from one synagogue to another, to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief of priests. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? What, what happened to Naomi? Where'd she go? Did you see the newest member of our worship team? That, Tyler, when I said keep your eye out for some younger musicians, and you really are, uh, you're on it. Great, great job. Wow. That, is, that was wonderful. Hey, listen, welcome this morning. Uh, this is Memorial Day weekend, and I want to pause, and we want to recognize that we are blessed Uh, to live in our nation, uh, the United States of America, and despite what people in the lower 48 think, uh, this is the 49th state, okay? And we are uh, in the United States here in Alaska. But uh, to pause and to give thanks uh, for the freedoms, for the liberty that we enjoy, and to recognize that that's not free, that uh, through uh, the history of this country, there have been men and women Uh, who have given their lives and sacrificed uh, their lives uh, for the sake of freedom and the liberty that we enjoy today. And so as we meet today on Memorial Day, we want to pause and recognize that. And as we recognize those who have given their lives, we also recognize those who are still in service, those who put their lives on the line every day. And we are grateful for you. We are grateful for the families of those who 
serve our nation in the military. We're grateful for those who um, have paid the ultimate price and have lost family members. And so we just want to pause this morning and uh, recognize that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you on this Memorial Day for those, Lord, who um, were willing to sacrifice their lives, to give their lives so that we might live as free people and enjoy the liberties that we do today. Father, as we think of their sacrifices, uh, our hearts are grateful. But Lord, we also recognize that you have called us to live for a, a great cause, and that's the cause of the gospel. And Lord, every day we have opportunity um, to live for Christ, uh, to share uh, the story that we're a part of, of your grace, of your love for us, that you would send your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sin, that we might have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And so, Father, while we pause today to acknowledge those who have died in the cause of freedom, we recognize that we are here today to celebrate the greatest freedom of all, and that is the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. It is Jesus himself who said, those who the Son has set free are free indeed. And Father, as we celebrate that freedom, we recognize that you have called us to live into that freedom. And as a part of that, Lord, is to share our lives, to share our story of where we fit, Lord, into the narrative of your plan of salvation for the world. God, this morning as we uh, talk about the last S in the word bless, that S is share. And Lord, we have so much to share. There are so many ways that you have touched and transformed lives. Indeed, Lord, our worship center this morning is filled with people, each with a story. Father, we recognize that that story is not ours. It's yours. It's the story of your work in our lives and that you have given us that story so that we might share it with others, that we might fulfill what Peter spoke of in 1 Peter three fifteen through 16, where he says that we should always be ready to give an explanation of the hope that lies within us. And so this morning, Father, uh, as we begin this time of uh, going to your word, Lord, help us. Help us to be um, good stewards of the story that you've given us. Lord, help us to be willing, and not only willing, but excited about the opportunity to share that story with others. Father, as we begin today, may you stir our hearts, may you encourage us, may you send us from this place ready, ready to share the story of the greatest freedom that anyone can experience, and that is the freedom from sin and the forgiveness that is found in life with Christ Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. All right. Hey, isn't it great that when you and I woke up this morning, we woke up as children who have experienced the grace of God in our lives, uh, and with that grace 
comes a freedom, and with that freedom uh, comes a responsibility. And that is a responsibility to live for Christ in the world and to recognize that wherever you go, whether it's to school, whether it's to the workplace, whether it's across the street to your neighbor's house, uh, whether it's to a picnic on Memorial Day weekend, wherever you go, you are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. You represent Jesus Christ. And as Brooke reminded us this morning with the mystery box, that our lives are to shine. And as people see that sparkle in your heart and in my heart and your life in my life, they want to know. They're, they're looking for an explanation uh, for the hope that we have within us. And uh, I don't have to remind you. All we need to do is read the newspaper, turn on the television, uh, go to your favorite media outlet to see that we live in a world that is desperately in need of hope. We live in a world that is desperately seeking answers. And here's the good news, that you and I have that answer. And He lives in us. You see, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. And the church is the vehicle that God has chosen to take that message into the world. And so... As we begin this morning and we look at that last S in the word bless, that S stands for share. Now open up your worship guide and pull this insert out. And the S says to share your story. Share your story. Now let's go back to the beginning. The B stands for begin with prayer. Can we say that together? Begin with prayer. The L is for listen. Okay, listen with care. E stands for eat together. S stands for serve with love. Pastor Tyler spoke on that last week. And today is share your story. Now just continue to look at the handout. It says share your story. God is always seeking to teach and restore the world through blessing. Here are some ways to bless others through sharing your story. And what you're going to see here is a very, very simple outline for how you can share your story. It begins with before. My story before I committed my life to following Jesus. Tell what was missing in your life. The second part is during. My story of how I made a commitment to follow Jesus. Tell how you made that commitment and what you did. And A is after. My story after I made a commitment to follow Jesus. Tell about the difference that following Jesus has made in your life. And so there's basically three parts. Our lives before coming to faith in Jesus Christ. How we came to faith in Jesus Christ. And what our life has been like after coming to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a three-part story. And as you think of your own faith journey, you think of your own walk with Jesus, you can take and you can put the parts of your life that fit into each of those three parts. And you basically have a story to tell. And that story is a story that you can share with others about your faith. Now, if you follow along in the handout or the insert, it says, if your story doesn't follow a before, during, and after pattern, 
Consider a time when God worked in your life and you were changed. Or a time when you had a significant encounter with God. You can share the story using the same format, format outlined above. The most, recent, uh, the most recent your experience, the more natural it will be for you to share it. And so then you have a little space here. And this is your Memorial Day assignment, okay? That you would take this and give, give it some thought. And whether it be a before, during, or after, or whether it be a recent encounter or experience you've had with the Lord, for you, just to think through thoughtfully, maybe write that out. And then as you've done that, say, Lord, as you have prompted me, as you have reminded me of my relationship with you, as you have been at work in my life, now, Lord, would you take that story and would you give that story life? Would you give me opportunity to share that story uh, with someone else? And you know what? I've prayed for a lot of things in my life, but whenever I've prayed that prayer, whenever I've said, Lord, would you put me in a circumstance or would you bring somebody into my life today that I can share the good news of who Jesus is, that prayer has always been answered. Always. Why? Because all we're praying for is what God is asking us to do. And, and God wants us to do that. And so when we pray for that, we're basically saying, Lord, I want to walk and live in your will. Uh, I want my life to fulfill the ultimate purpose that you've given it, that I would be a witness, an ambassador for you in this world. And you know what? God honors that prayer. And here's the good news. Your story is unique. Your story is not mine. Your faith journey is not my faith journey. But God has people out there that are ready to hear your story because your story is going to relate to them. Your story is going to move them. Your story is going to be a part someday of their faith story of how they heard from you what life following Jesus is all about. And so never minimize your story. Now, in this sanctuary, this worship center, there are all kinds of stories, right? There's the, uh, what they call the, from the gutter to glory story. And, and those are those who, you know, they start out life or they were living life just in, in total opposition to God. Uh, maybe they were uh, living lives of just outward rebellion and involved in things, getting into trouble. And you've, you've heard of those stories, right? Uh, it's the person who gets up and, and, and maybe on a Sunday morning they share that story and, and they share how they came into an encounter with Jesus Christ and they received forgiveness of sin and new life and their life completely changed and turned around. And they're living a new life for Christ and there's this wonderful things happening and, and uh, it's all to His glory. Okay, that's one kind of a story. Now, when we hear that story, you know what often happens to some of us? We go, oh man, there's nothing dramatic like that in, 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 in my life. I, I don't have anything to share, Right? Because maybe you are a person, your story is just a life of walking with Jesus. Maybe you were baptized as an infant or uh, as a child, and you grew up in the church, and uh, somewhere uh, in your journey you came to recognize who Jesus was, and, and, and you, you said, Jesus, come into my life, and you have walked alongside of Jesus from your earliest memories. And, and maybe you were blessed to grow up in a, 
in a, in a home where your family was supportive and they were all Christians. There, there are some families like that represented in our church. And, and you know what? Never minimize that. That's a great story to tell about the faithfulness of God in the span of a lifetime. Right? And, and maybe in that span of a lifetime, there are stories that you can relate. That, you know, God was faithful. I knew him from an early age. I walked with Jesus. And let me tell you a story of his faithfulness in my life. And over the course of a lifetime, there are many stories like that, right? And so, don't minimize that kind of a story. That's a wonderful story. Or maybe there's the other kind of story. This kind of the story like the Apostle Paul in uh, Acts 26. Uh, You know, I had my life all together, though I thought so. I'd really arrived, really accomplished things. And yet, no matter how hard I worked, how hard I tried, no matter what I accomplished or what I achieved, I found out that I was missing something. And uh, I had an encounter with Jesus, and, and I got knocked off my high horse, right? And humbled and recognized that I really was missing something. There was a big hole in my heart in my life, and, and all my endeavors and all my accomplishments were intended to fill that hole, but I couldn't fill the hole. Only Jesus could. And, and so that's kind of like the, 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 the person that's up here, and they recognize, oh my goodness, I am missing something, and, and it's not really all about me and all about my accomplishments. And they come to faith in Christ, and they really find out what fulfillment really means, what purpose really means. So maybe that's somebody else's story. Uh, maybe that's your story right here. Or, or maybe it's the story of the, of the person that was riding high, right? We call it the glory to the gutter. I mean, they were doing really well. I saw Chuck Colson, and I used to work with Chuck in a ministry called Prison Fellowship. He was the chief White House counsel to Richard Nixon, and uh, he went to federal prison in the Watergate scandal, By the way, he was the only defendant that pled guilty to the charges. And he did so because he came to faith in Jesus Christ. Because there were congressmen and other influential people in Washington, D.C. that shared with him about Jesus. And Chuck, White House counsel to President Nixon, ended up in federal prison. Kind of from glory to the gutter, right? But he went there having found Jesus Christ, and Jesus changed his life. And as a result, Prison Fellowship Ministry is in over 63 countries of the world today. Okay? That's another kind of a story. And, and so as I'm sharing with you these different kinds of stories, maybe you can relate. Maybe you can find your story, and that kind of fits the narrative or the pattern. Maybe yours is something different. But I can tell you this, no matter what your story is, There's something all of our stories have in common, and it's this. That God was at work in our lives before coming to faith. You see that? He brought people, and He brings circumstances into our lives. And over the course of a lifetime, as as He is at work in our lives, we're hearing, we're being touched. Maybe there's several people who have shared that are scattering seed. Maybe there are several people that are sharing their stories, right? And so God places us in circumstances with people who can influence us. Uh, And I know in my life that was the case. Um, 
It wasn't just this epiphany one morning. I woke up and said I needed Jesus. It was over the course of my early years. God placed people in my life, and those people he used to touch my life. And each of them, in their own way, shared, either in word or in deed, or word and deed, the love of Jesus Christ. And, and God was at work in each of those encounters, in each of those relationships, to bring me to a place of, of saving faith in Christ. And uh, all of us have a story like that. All of us can think of people that God used to influence us. People who we identified with their story or people who their lives stood out to us that said, hey, I want to live like him or like her. God brings us to faith in community. God places us in in community. And, And faith is not only taught in community, but it's caught in community. Do you see that? And so as you and I are a part of this faith community, as you and I leave here and are part of other communities outside of this church community, we are a part of God's plan to touch people's lives. Now, the reason we chose, or I chose, Acts 26 today uh, is because it gives you a biblical example of that before, what my life was before I knew Christ, how I came to meet Christ, and what my life was like after meeting Jesus Christ. And, of course, Acts 26 takes place in the context of of a series of hearings or trials uh, where the Apostle Paul was accused of of sedition by the Jewish uh, religious leaders, and he was passed on to trial uh, to uh, Festus and to Felix, and ultimately to, to King Agrippa. And, and this King Agrippa is the son of Herod II, who was the son of Herod the Great. And he's well acquainted with this issue of Christianity, or what will be known as Christianity. He, he's well acquainted with the history of this Jewish sect of followers of, of a rabbi named Jesus who they claim is the Messiah. And so just like his grandfather, just like his father, he finds himself in the place of having to deal with this issue and deal with the people who are living out their faith. Now, in this case, it's, it's the Apostle Paul. And Jesus, just, just, just before this event or this series of trials, had told Paul that you've been my witness in Jerusalem, now you're going to be my witness. You're going to witness to the gospel in Rome. And as Paul goes through this series of trials and this final hearing here with Agrippa, he could have been set free. He could have been set free. But he appeals to his Roman citizenship. And by virtue of being a Roman citizen, he is afforded a hearing before Caesar. And it's on that appeal that ultimately he's going to get to Rome. But what I want you to see in this is not only the the three parts of his testimony that he gives to King Agrippa, beginning in verse 4 through verse 11, what his life was like before. And by the way, this coincides with Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. 
So if you read Acts 26, 4 through 11, you can also read Philippians 3, verses 6 through 9, where Paul is giving an account of what his life was like before coming to faith in Christ. Okay? Then in verse 12, all the way through verse 18, he gives an account of how he came to faith in Christ, and, and that is in Acts 9, verses 1 through 9. That is the, his Damascus Road experience. That's where he literally gets knocked off the high horse, right? He's blinded by the light. And Jesus calls him to himself. And then in verses 19 and following, he talks about what his life has been like since coming to faith in Jesus. Now, if you want a really short snippet, the Reader's Digest version of this whole chapter in his testimony, just turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, you're going to hear in a few verses basically what he shares through the whole chapter with Agrippa in Acts 26. He says this, beginning in uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example to those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You see that in just a few short verses. It's kind of a synopsis of the whole story that he tells Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. Now, here's the point. Not only does Acts 26 give you that outline, life before coming to Christ, how I came to Christ, life, what it's been like since coming to Christ. But as we can see here, Paul could have walked Paul could have been set free. But he chooses not to. In fact, he's willing to go to the hard places in life because he knows that that's where Jesus is sending him to further the message of the Gospel. And here's a challenge for you and for me. We too have been set apart by God. We too have had a transformation that has taken place as as Christ has come into our lives. We've received, by God's grace, forgiveness of our sin. And we've been given new life in Christ. And we have the promise of eternal life. But here's the question. Are you just going to walk away with that? Are you going to keep your story and your message to yourself? Or are you going to recognize that Christ is sending you and me maybe to difficult places? Or maybe he wants us to go to places that we normally wouldn't go on our own. Or be willing to be available and open to sharing our story. As Paul says in 1 Timothy, so that our lives might be an example to others of the grace of God. And just as the Apostle Paul says that, hey, if 
if Christ can get a hold of my life, if the work of grace of God through Jesus Christ can be effective in my life, it can be effective in your life too. And regardless of what your story is, I promise you that there are those who will look at you, there are those who are ready to hear your story and say, you know what? I want David Lundberg's God to be my God. That's, that's, that's who I want in my life. I want Mary Rawls' God to be my God. I want to follow Jesus because of what I hear and see in Mary. And, and if, if God can work in, in, in Lance's life, I know He can work in my life too. Right, Lance? Amen, brother. Or in Todd's life, I know He can work in my life too. But here's the question. Are we going to leave here willing to share? Are we going to go out into the world to be an example to others that just as Christ is present in our life and has worked in our lives, so He too can work in the lives of those that we share our stories with? That's such an important thing. Such an important thing. I'll never forget the, the afternoon that I got a phone call. And it was from Lori. Uh, we had been woman who had invited her to, to go to a women's retreat. And so she went. Now, we had been going to church over the probably a couple years of dating. And every single Sunday, okay, the pastor would close with a gospel invitation. In fact, the sinner's prayer was written on the back of the church worship guide. And that's where we went to church while we were dating. But on this Sunday afternoon, as Lori got back from a women's retreat, she called and she says, I get it. I get it. I finally understand it. I go, I understand what? I understand why Jesus died on the cross. He died for me so I could have forgiveness of sin and new life. And I'm like, huh? I thought you already knew that. We've been going to church together for a couple years almost and hearing the same message, looking at the same worship guide? You mean you're just getting it now? Right? And uh, you know what? She had heard all the same messages. She had read the sinner's prayer on the back. But at that weekend, at that women's retreat, because a woman invited her to come, and she heard the faith story of another woman named Elizabeth Elliot. Okay? Lori said, I want the God of Elizabeth Elliot to be my God. I want her Savior to be my Savior. And she committed her life to Jesus Christ. Right? Now why do I tell you that story? Because you might look around at somebody even here in our church that's been sitting right here next to you for the last two years. Maybe not in your family. Maybe someone you know from a distance. Or maybe you know from a small group. You can't assume that they know. That's why your story is relevant always. Even here. And even on a Sunday morning when we come and we assume that most of us already know Jesus, well, maybe some of us don't. And maybe it's going to be your story that's going to move that person finally into faith. And so as we come to the, to the close of our blessed series, the question is, are you going to bless? 
remember God blesses us so that we might be a blessing to others. And one of the simplest ways that you and I can bless others is be willing to share our lives, to give our lives away to other people so that in God's timing, when they're open, when their hearts are ready, the seeds that can be planted or maybe we're going to plant seeds will come to fruition. And it just might be your story or my story that moves a person into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Father, as the worship team comes forward this morning, we thank you for story. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given each of us a story of faith, a a story of of a walk in which we have come to find you and that you, through your grace, have saved us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, this morning as we think of Paul's uh, speech to Agrippa, or we think of just people that he came in contact over his lifetime, so we think of ourselves. And we think of how you strategically place us, maybe not before kings, but before our neighbor, or before our co-worker, or, uh, Lord, just a friend or another family member. And, And, Lord, over the course of blessing them, that you would give us the opportunity to share. Lord, may we always be ready to give an explanation for the hope that lies within us. Thank you that our story is a part of your story. And our story, by your providence, can be a part of somebody else's faith story as well. God, would you lead us We're willing. Send us and place us in those relationships where you want us to share. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.